How are you doing? How's the respiratory <laughs> system? Uh, day 24. Still struggling with it? Mm-hmm. Jeez. What's, uh, what'd the doctor say about it? Um, well, he gave me some, uh, some pills to take. Two kinds of pills. One was like for asthma and something else. But from what I'm hearing from the other people who've had this is that it, this has been lingering on for a month, sometimes two. Is this is this like COVID related? Nope. All my tests no. have come back negative. It's just a virus. Better now? Yeah, That'll except work. you're a little blurry. Like there's a blur on your micro there, camera. You have a smudge, you have on, your a smudge on your lens? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you're right in the middle, man. You're all blurry. Your face is censored out. Yeah, Maybe which is just... probably for the better. <laughs> you know? Oh, there you oh, go. Oh, there we are. The better. Uh, you know, let's let's put the smudge back. Yeah, up. just go ahead and re-smudge. Yeah, that's a lot <laughs> better. <laughs> well, <clears throat> let's go ahead and uh, do our thing, and um, we'll get into it. How's that? Let's right. roll. Hey guys, this is Glenn from Volcana, and you're listening to Heavy Metal Horror. I am Montag, master of illusion. What goes up must come down, but not always. Hey, this is Chop Top, and this is going to be a live one, so stay heavy. And your Red Bull. And you are watching and listening to Heavy Metal Horror. Oh, kitties, we've got a brand new... Brand new show for you. Brand new, I won't say game, but uh, new concept called Live and Let Live. We're going to talk about our favorite live Live albums. Live and Let Live. And um, we're going to talk about some of our favorite live albums. And uh, I mean, we could could do 10 shows on this, which is what we're going to do because we're going to milk it. (laughs) So uh, we're just going to start with five. We're milking this cow. That's right, man. That's right. We ain't buying the cow. We're just going to milk it. (laughs) And uh, so we're going to talk about some of our favorite live albums. So I I guess I want to start with you guys and ask what makes a great live album to you? Well, for me personally, I think it's, uh, it depends on a set list. Um, The production I think is important. And uh, yeah, you you want a live album too, has a great audience response to a lot of times you don't, not just a, you know, it's kind of a quiet crowd and things like that. So I think that, engages you more as you're listening through it as well so i think those are top criteria for me as far as what i look at you feel like you're part of the crowd like it's it sounds like a live recording brings you right into it you know like you're there okay how about you dread yeah that's uh i completely agree with that these these were kind of some things that i was going to get into as we went through the through through my uh list here but yeah the uh the set list obviously you want you want some tunes on there that 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 are your favorites but uh that live that live ambience you know there's a there are some really dry live recordings out there mm-hmm. and then there are some re- ones that really capture the that ambient sound the of, wetness a, of a live of being at a concert yeah and the and the crowd you know big crowd noise um so yeah we'll, we'll probably get into it a little more as we sure. go through these because a couple of these uh, sort of meet each side of that criteria but uh, mm-hmm. um yeah yeah it's got to feel live it's got to feel like you're there watching it a little bit of that rawness that a live show has you know right i get it be too pristine 
I hear yes. you, man. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, for me, it's, it's, it is that I want to hear a good set list and I want it to sound like it's a live recording. Like I am at the show as well. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to sound too perfect, but I don't want it to sound, you know, crazy sloppy either, but like a legit live recording, you know, that being said, some of my choices don't fit that criteria, but they're still <laughs> important because there's also, I'm also bringing in an emotional connection to each of these live albums. There's a reason why I chose these first five is because they have deep, you know, important meaning to me in some way, shape or form. So, all right. With that being said, uh, Chop Top, let's go with your number five pick. We're going to work our way up to number one. Number five live album for you. Might be a surprise, but one of my favorite bands, and I know you guys too, The Fate's Warning, Live Over Europe. Uh Uh, I'm not aware of this live album, so this is all new uh, for me. It was, uh, I actually saw this tour with a buddy of mine, the Agora, like 250 people, but man, it was 250 strong. And it was just a fantastic set. Matter of fact, this is pretty much the same set. It's not a two-disc set. Um, but, wow, I mean, the songs, you know, from the rooftops, uh, Life in Still Waters on there, One, Pale Fire, Seven Star. It goes on and on and on. That's just disc one itself. So, uh, yeah, and it's pr- production is crisp. It's really nice. The crowd isn't over, you know, like over, I guess, zealous or whatever too loud doesn't take away from the performance performances are top notch it's just a wonderful wonderful listen so get a chance yeah fate's warning live over europe excellent yeah I, I, dreadful have you uh, ever heard of that one no i have not uh, uh, yeah i've i mean i'm you know i liked fate's warning back in the day but i'll be honest i haven't listened to those guys in ages in, in decades probably at this point so mm-hmm. Uh, since we saw them slip through the cracks you know I, since we saw them at live with oh, right. uh, dream theater yeah, yeah. and queens right unfortunately we came in late to their set they had already yeah. played and they were like only played we caught like the last what three songs or something yeah yeah, yeah disappointed with that they got a ton of material now uh in probably in the last 20 years that i highly recommend checking out they just they get stronger and mm-hmm. stronger and stronger so. that's yeah that's a band i gotta get back into that's a, mm-hmm. that's a good place to start yeah. though i'd say since you missed oh, yeah. out you know for a while because it's got so much on there to this set and it's uh very Perfect. nice sound. okay cool that's yeah, i like that start, then. yeah i like that about it's one of the one of the albums i'm going to talk about I, I like the live recordings especially if it's a band like that and i haven't listened to them for a while if this is a bunch of their newer material mm-hmm. it, it kind of makes me want to seek out those studio albums that they mm-hmm. came from like oh this is a great song i want to find it you know so i i get that love that yeah some of them some of them almost come across as the greatest hit hits you know a double mm-hmm. disc greatest hit sort of album it's nice it's a to nice get way a... i think like ties it up for everybody who's new to a yeah. band or something they can just go right diving it give that live album and then do your research afterwards and yep check out the other stuff nice all right dreadbull number five for you uh number five here so this is kind of roughly a top five list for me not 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 exactly but anyway uh i'm gonna go with randy or uh sorry ozzy osbourne gonna go with the randy rhodes tribute album oh, yeah. uh, i listened to this a ton back when this came out so this was released in 87 so five years after uh of uh, randy's death uh it was recorded actually in cleveland in 1981 really um yeah i did not realize that until i was delving into this a little more that's awesome yeah most of it there was like a uh or am i thinking about a different album never mind scratch that Uh, oh it's not in cleveland no it is oh okay i I thought there were parts that were recorded elsewhere but that's a different album on my list yeah uh, i was thinking of but um 
yeah, a, a, a great mix on this one. It really showcases Randy's just virtuoso guitar playing. Mm -hmm. Even live, he is just so precise and so clean. Every note. Uh, yeah, that guy's just uh, just phenomenal. I mean, his solos are amazing. Uh, yeah, he just plays with such precision. There's not a, a ton of live lead guitarists that play with the kind of precision that Randy played with. Uh, all the classic Ozzy stuff is in there. I don't know. Crazy Train, Mr. Crowley, Flying High, some Sabbath stuff, you know, Iron Man, Paranoid. Um, Children of the Grave. Children oh, of the Grave, yeah, is in there. Version. Randy on guitar on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. yeah, just a great cross-section yeah. of... Uh, Revelation yeah. Mother Earth is might be my, oh, my yeah. favorite version of that song oh, on right, this album. Yes. Yeah, it's such a good album. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, yeah, some... Uh, bonus tracks some like outtakes from some of uh, randy's studio mm -hmm. stuff um yeah and it's it, it's a great album and great to hear randy rhodes but it's it's sad to listen to it too when you think about what he could have created right yeah. imagine how many, how many records he could have oh, done with ozzy he still might be playing with them today yeah you know yeah, who knows where I his mean, career would have gone the but, only other uh, guitarist that ozzy has kept for any amount of time is uh what's his face zach, uh, zach wild. wild right yeah you know, and I mean, there's no comparison of the two. They're both very different animals, and I'm not saying one is better, but I, Randy Rose is just so talented, and to hear so little of what he could do. Uh, but those live recordings, you're right, Dred. Um, you, those little hand, those little fills he adds in, are you know that weren't on the album, show yeah. off. Like he's just there in his element, and God, yeah. it's it's amazing to hear. Yeah, he really he really elevated <laughs> Ozzy's band that band as a whole mm -hmm. I mean, that's a that's a great lineup too rudy sarzo and uh yeah and uh tommy aldridge, tommy aldridge on drums mm -hmm. yeah i used to play drums to this album all the time when i was in college i would go down there and just nice. put on my headphones and just play this album because it's such a fun song to play so yeah i have a deep emotional connection with that album and nice. uh yeah i just no i just love this album you know it was mm -hmm. uh it was great yeah, all, every every version of of every song on that's just really good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> These are all really yeah. great versions. So that's another one. If people aren't super, you know, familiar with like a lot of Ozzy stuff other than the radio mm -hmm. stuff, jump into that album and and give mm -hmm. it a listen. Oh yeah, yeah, you won't be disappointed. Yeah. All right, my number five pick uh, is from two thousand one. It's Queensrÿche Live Evolution. Um, I think this is the, what what draws me to this album is the phenomenal set list that ranges their entire discography. You got sets from Warning, from Rage for Order, Mind Crime, Empire, 22K, um, you know, NM156, uh, Walk in the Shadows, Road to, uh, Road to, Road to Madness, Madness. <laughs> Take Hold of Flame, Screaming in Digital, uh, you know, um, London, Mind, the entire Mind Crime album. You know, I am I, Empire, Another Rainy Night, Jet City, Woman, Li you know, Liquid Sky, Sacred Ground, Right Side of My Mind. I mean, it is, it covers this, their whole, almost their whole discography up to that point. And it's played really well. It, it the uh, songs sound fresh and invigorating. The band sounds tight. Now, Queensryche is a band that has released some albums after that that were live that were not nearly as good. They were just kind of flat one i'm surprised they released because it just doesn't sound like it's just a bad recording mm. um just like hmm you guys were off that night do you want to sure you want to release that one <laughs> now that's not saying i mean every band has an off night but when you're putting out a record that's probably not the night you want to you know 
you want the release. But uh, yeah, the, it has a great sonic, you know, sound, and that, that's why I chose this one. If you uh, again, if you not want to listen to Queen's Reich, you don't know where to begin. I would give Live Evolution a try because you're going to get a taste of everything they had done up to 2001. Nice. Yeah, I'm not gen- honestly. Yeah. The, I'm not generally big on live albums i I just have always gravitated towards studio stuff so but there are a few that definitely grab my attention and i go back to a lot uh for whatever reason queensrike isn't a band that i tend to listen to their live stuff a whole lot Mm -hmm. you know i'll get in the mood for a particular album you know from them instead of a particular live album i you know i'll get in the mood for like something specific i want to hear mind crime again or i get in the mood for like for uh empire that's got a very unique vibe and sound to it and you know i get in the mood for that one every once in a while or like american soldier if i need a good cry <laughs> so, right <laughs> that album will do it so oh i know yeah yeah I, I get but live it. evolution is really that's a really good it's by far their best I think yeah so. i think made it their, their best live album so representative and yeah, the sound sound. It, it, Montag's right, so invigorating, refreshing, and the band on top of their game. Everybody plays really well in that. So, yeah, because I I think they also released like a couple versions of um, you know like they did like Mind Crime live at the Moor. They've done you know they kind of Mind Crimed to death, you know. But this this one this sounds great. Because I know the first when I saw them on the Empire tour, it's the first time I saw them. That's what the first time they they did Operation Mind Crime in its entirety, and it was amazing. Just blew me away, and uh, and so to hear that again, sounding as good as it, it did, um, yeah, that's that's nice. So there's my number five. Great. Yeah, I missed right. the Degarmo days of Queensrÿche. Mm-hmm. The band was never quite the same. Yeah, because he left, left after yeah. this. I think after two Q two Q K. Before that, Q2K. 2Q2? What? Q2K. Q2K? Is that what I wrote? 2Q? That doesn't, yeah, Q2K. Q2K. Hey, I've been sick. Q-tip K. Q-tip K. What? KK? KQ2's lubing. It's this medicine I'm taking. Yeah, you're stoned. We'll give you a No, I'm not. I wish I were. But, you know, uh, Mrs. Montag says I need to lay off until I, you know, acquire a new position and oh, if I need uh-huh, to pass uh-huh. a drug test. So I have not been baking for months. Yeah. I know. No wonder you're sick. I know, right? Look at what's, what, what it's doing to you. Your body's well, falling yeah. apart. And then for, um, you know, for her, uh, for her insurance for, um, for work. You know, they had to, I, you know, we told them I, I'm a, I'm a smoker. I enjoy cigars. And so they still made us go pee to prove that we are a smoker or not. And I said, wow. Yeah. I'm like, Hmm. I'm just not going to, I'm just not going to smoke for a few weeks. I'm like, yeah. yeah, fine. Why not? You know, Hey, we'll save us some money. Cause I don't smoke that often anymore. I really don't. Yeah. I was the same with my insurance, you know, like, mm-hmm. are you a smoker? I'm like, I don't smoke a pack a day of cigarettes. I smoke occasional cigars. Right. And that's but what I told them. And they said, you're locked in with the, with the pack. Exactly. So I went and peed and I had no nicotine in there. I'm like, cool. And then we just found out this was like, I don't know, a month and a half ago, two months ago. And then we found out we won't see the benefits yeah, of I'd it until fun. the beginning of 2023. 
Like, are oh, you wow. fucking serious? So you, Why, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm like, well, then fuck you. I'm going to smoke every goddamn day. Fuck yeah. you, insurance. Yeah, it's weird, man. <laughs> I know. So, so she's worried that when I get a new position, they're going to make me want to go pee and prove that I'm not an addict or something. Gotcha. <sighs> you know. So, yeah, I'm no baking for me that's her nice way of saying you better get a damn job then i know i know i've been looking hey i got i got a good screw this up i I went through two rounds i'm on after two rounds of a of a job with a company as a a writer a storyteller for a a video game company oh really yeah yeah um they're doing a um sims like game a a vr interaction game and they were wanting storytellers and dialogue writers i'm like well i could do that and so i submitted my resume they said hmm, we're interested here's a personality test what do you you know would you take it and also had some like um personality test as well as uh oh like like brain teasers you know to figure out i'm like okay let's see you know why not yeah, yeah. and so there were some brain teasers and one i couldn't figure out how to do it and i'm like okay well there was one like okay two friends are crossing one across the river and they, they go to the widest part when there's a boat all the way across. And, they, you know, how do they cross without getting wet? And I'm like, well, fuck. I go, hmm. I go, oh, uh, obviously, they looked past the bridge that was there. They didn't see it the first time. So they just walked on the bridge. <laughs> Kobayashi Maru, you know. <laughs> and I, Kim's like, I don't think you should have done that. I'm like, <laughs> so then the next day, I get a thing back saying, we read your stuff, and we want to give you another test. We like what we wow. see. So they sent me this really long writing test. Um, had to like do prompts, <coughs> write responses to stuff. It was about three hours, oh. and so I submitted that. Um, and they said, "Okay, be a, a couple weeks, and you'll hear back from us." I'm like, "Okay, interesting." So yeah, it's a small group, um, but they pay really well, and that that'd be fine with me. That'd be cool. Kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm uh, still trying to find you know other writing jobs and technical writing and all that jazz, but. I don't think I have a specialty in a field. You know, most of these technical writing right. jobs, they want you to have experience like in defense or medicine or mm-hmm. software technology, something. I'm like, yeah, look, I'm a good writer. I can do what you need. I know how to do technical writing, but how do I prove it? And that's what they want. Proven experience mm-hmm. doing this. I'm like, well, how do I get that experience without doing it? You know? Yeah. Exactly. So anyway, <clears throat> back to uh, shop top number four. All right, number four uh, for me is Black Sabbath, Live Evil. Uh, for me, uh, what attracted me to this at first was uh, just the cover art I spoke to me. I remember getting this on cassette back in the time. And uh, this, then Ronnie James, the only live album he did with Black Sabbath. Well, no, I take that back. He might have did one at the Hammersmith Odeon. Because that was after Live Evil, I believe. Or maybe around I think it's a, I think it's the same basically the same set list but live yeah, evil um, was live evil was the first one they did together right because fans so, were like screaming like we don't have anything live from from them and so they put this out yeah you know and it, i know it's gotten a lot of i haven't heard the remasters yet but i know production on it had gotten a lot of flack back in the time it was very very dry almost quiet kind of dry and it was produced by tony and geezer but the set list i mean neon knights nib children of sea voodoo black sabbath war pigs iron man my God, Mob Rules, Heaven and Hell, Sign of the Southern Cross, Paranoid Children of the Grave. I mean, that is a hell of a set list, too. So and it holds a deep, uh, dear place for me in my heart because 
I only discovered, I think I said this before in our show, Black Sabbath, uh, Heaven and Hell. Once I heard that, I'm like, oh, these guys are fantastic. Like they just came out a new band. They go, you do know they had another singer, right? <laughs> so, and then I discovered Sabbath, all the other stuff with Ozzy. And I, that was pre-Savant, before you were a Savant. True, true. I was <laughs> that was getting, that know, was simpleton. I, I, I was a nursing. Time. I was a nursing savant at that time. So you were a simpleton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I disre- disrespect that comment, Monte. But I yes, I resent <laughs> that remark. I don't deny yeah. it. I just resent it. Yeah, just resent it. So yeah, fuck you. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, guys, that uh, I think that set list, and of course uh, the late great Howie uh, Love and Miss Ronnie's on there, and. It's just such a great set list and a testament to that uh, that era with those two albums with him too. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, do you know that album uh, much, Dreadful? Not really. Don't have much to add to that one. Good are you, man? <laughs> uh, Not much. <laughs> Not much at all. <laughs> Finally admitting to what we've known <laughs> all this time. Marginal. Well, we've all known. Yeah. Said. yeah. <laughs> Good for you, buddy. <laughs> That's why we're here. We're all supporting one another's inefficiencies. <laughs> Hello, my name is Red Bull, and I'm, de- I'm deficient. Between the three of us, we make one decent human being. <laughs> Stretching it. Um, yeah. uh, no, I, I, I agree with you on Chop. Uh, I, I don't have the emotional connection that you do, but I think it's a really good set. But I do, I do some of the recordings are a bit dry in that uh, it, it, it's good. I'm glad to have just a uh, something from that era though right and i think the same thing with the ozzy era they didn't have a whole lot of albums or live stuff then maybe it just wasn't really you know really done much you know i don't know the, yeah. the logistics of recording a live album i know are quite a bit different you know the, the concert venue and the different microphones are used and it's probably a whole different nightmare than recording in a dry sterile studio you know but right. uh yeah, it's still a great set list, you know, and it still shows them at their ferocious best of that era. So I, I like that album. Absolutely. All, All right. right. Dread number four. All right. Four for me. I am going with Testament. See, I got my new T-shirt. Just picked oh. this up the other day. Brotherhood of the Snake. Very I nice. I could ask you about that, brother. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I just, I'd realized, man, I haven't had a Testament T-shirt in like 20 years. So it's time to rectify that. I can't. So I got a couple of them. Last one uh, I had was a Souls of Black. I got it somewhere oh, yeah. where where the like the Lucifer's falling, and like as the bottom part of him is like Satan, and the top part is still Lucifer. He's like falling oh, yeah. downwards. I'm like yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, I got it for like eight bucks. I'm like, oh, this is a fucking great shirt. That's great it. artwork, man. Testament's yeah, that's some awesome artwork. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for me, Testament. So this was kind of a toss up between two albums. Uh, they put out a full length album called Live at the Fillmore which covered like from the legacy all the way to low. <clears throat> I did not go with that one. I'm going to, with the EP return to the apocalyptic city, <clears throat> uh, simply for the fact that I like the mix better. I think return to the apocalyptic city is uh, it's much more raw. It, it really feels live. Uh, great ambient sound, great crowd noise. And you feel like you're there. And I mean, you feel like you're in a pit. Uh, it's really heavy, really aggressive. I mean, this has um, all their early, you know, heavy stuff. Over the Wall, So Many Lies, The Haunting, Disciples of the Watch, and Reign of Terror. And it is just, it grabs you by the throat. <laughs> and even though it's it's only five song EP, it's it, it does not let you go. Um, 
yeah, this was recorded back in 92 at the Los Angeles uh, Palladium, uh, released in 93. And yeah, I, I, every instrument is really clear. It's really nicely mixed um, with the right amount of, of crowd noise. Um, and it just, it just, it's, it's one of the best, uh, yeah, live feeling albums on my list that really captures that live raw power. You feel like you're in the front row of this concert when you're listening to this album. Mm -hmm. uh, do you know why they only did an EP, and not a full length? I do not, no. Because it's such a great recording. You think you want to have a larger document of that tour. You know? Yeah, and they're, uh, you know, they were, <clears throat> it's not like they were obscure at that time. I mean, with uh, this had uh, so many lies on it. So that was off, I think, the ritual. So they were well-established and, uh, uh, you know, a big name at that time. So not like they couldn't afford to do a, a full live. I would love to heard a full live set. Oh yeah, you know. Once you get to the end of that EP recording, you know, dread. It's like uh, you just want more. Mm -hmm. you just want wanting more. It's like, oh, I can just pull. Maybe that's great. the reason why they did it. You know, like it was just to stoke the fires and to say, you know, hey, uh, here's here's a little, something to whet your appetite. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, great, great album. If you just want to uh, have a, a short session of some real aggressive, heavy hitting stuff, throw it on there. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Well, we finally drove Chop Top away, so it's about time. Okay. It's only took us All a right. year. We figured out the magical formula. Finally broke him. Oh, yes. Now the show is going to feel so much better. Um, yeah, like a oh, it's like a weight has been lifted. Oh, sorry. Uh, now the weight has returned. All right, my number four. Uh, we've talked about this album before. Um, 1981's Exit Stage Left by Rush. And I know, I know Chop doesn't really care for this recording. I don't think either you do, do Dreadbull, either. Um, it's a little quiet, the sound, especially the crowd yeah. noise. Mm -hmm. um, what makes this album important to me is this was my first time hearing Rush that I can recall. Like, maybe I might have heard, like, Spirit of Radio on the radio, but I wasn't putting it together with this band. So I was with the uh, – I started playing D&D &D with, the, with the drummers in, in our high school band. And that this is the album they would listen to, you know, of course we're drummers, we're going to listen to rush. And <laughs> um, so I'm like, Oh my God, what, you know, what is this? What is this band? And I was just like rush. Okay. And just listening to this whole album while we're playing D and D and then the amazing drum solo comes in. I'm like, Oh my God. So this album made me want to seek out the albums that the other songs were on. I mean, it's a great set list. I mean, spirit of radio, red barchetta, Past to Bangkok, Beneath Between Behind, Jacob's Ladder, Trees, Xanadu, Tom Sawyer, Olivia Strangiato. I mean, it, it's a, such a, it's not as long as their first live album. It doesn't cover as much of those albums, but uh, for a single album, it's still a really fantastic document of, of Rush at this era. So it's kind of started my 40-year love affair with Rush, you know. Uh, that's a great intro to rush <laughs> it is just getting into them at that time that is a great way to do it mm -hmm. yeah and then that's why i mean i don't listen to this album an awful lot like you dread i i listen to studio albums more often if i'm listening to rush it's a studio album mm. but this is, is still an important record to me um that's why it's on my the first uh you know our first top five so there's my number four exit stage left um well, yeah, well, you guys have talked about it, but you have anything more you want to add to this? I considered yeah. Rush. I would have went with All the World's a Stage, I think, for, for me. 
personally, but uh, I knew you would probably have a rush on here, so I went ahead and what? Looked, looked for something else. But uh, I would have probably went with Rush and Rio. To me. Oh, that's mm-hmm. definitive. Yeah. That is just yeah. fan- fantastic crowd. Singing. Yeah. I mean, when you got a crowd singing to YYZ, <laughs> you know, there's no words. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing we're going to do more of these. We'll have to bring it mm-hmm. up. Rush will come back from time to time. Uh, they are, they are like many of the bands that we're picking, they are live bands. I mean, they're phenomenal in the studio. But when they can capture that and replicate it live, mm-hmm. and it still sounds flawless um, without being cold or mechanical, uh, you can't get any better than that. Rush is a band that you need to see to appreciate. You know, they're just, yeah. they're amazing. All right. Okay, Chop, number three. Number, number three for me is Ice Earth Alive in Athens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is a phenomenal. A signed copy? Yeah, yeah. I, I had a meet and greet. Met the band uh, years ago. Very nice. I think it was on, uh, I can't remember what tour. It's when they brought back Barlow. And it was just Barlow, for a while yeah. on that. And uh, got to meet Matt, got to meet the rest of the band. They signed like four of my CDs, so that was really cool. But nice. uh, yeah, this is a great documentation of from the beginning of the first Ice Earth album all the way to Something Wicked album. And uh, it just has everything you want on here. Burning Times, Vengeance is Mine, Pure Evil, Melancholy, Holy Martyr, Martyr. You have Dark Saga in there, Watching Over Me, uh, Angels Holocaust, I really <clears> love. I died for you. And then it, you know, opens with burning times and closes with ice stir. So it's nice, a nice bookend too for mm-hmm. beginning and end of a live album. So, but it, it takes it right from their very first album to uh, something wicked crowd is fantastic. Uh, I think the production is really nice on it. Band is just so tight on fire on it. And it's a, yeah, it just makes you feel one of those albums that makes me feel like I'm part of the crowd when I listen to it. So yeah, that's my number yeah. three. It's a it is a dry sounding album oh, for me. Oh, it's dry. It's very dry. It's almost like you're getting a mix. Right <laughs> I get from the dehydrated board. listening to that album. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it, I I don't hear the crowd like you are there, Chop Top. Um, okay. I hear that it's a very dry but phenomenal <laughs> sounding album. Mm-hmm. It is almost so dry it could be studio, pristine. Yeah. To, to me, I mean, there are the breaks in between. You hear the crowd noise. Um, but yeah. I also love that the, the performances are phenomenal and the set list is amazing, especially Dante's Inferno. Um, one of my favorite tracks of theirs. Um, yeah, it is a great set list. And then I think they brought out like a three disc version of it at one time. I mean, with expanded. Yeah, you know, they, they made it on vinyl, I believe, for that. And I'm like, ah, damn it. Well, there are copies it. out there in other forms. I'm not going to say where do you get them. Okay. But they're, 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 they're out there. Um <clears throat> you know right <laughs> but uh you know I, I know people who know if you want one let me know um sure sure i know people who know who people know people know you so right yeah, we'll, we'll get in contact with our people and then they can talk to our your people and yeah. sure we'll find someone who has it and i guess that third disc is that's a great list uh set on that as well included on that so i wouldn't know <laughs> hmm Technically, I wouldn't know. <laughs> um, I can either confirm nor deny the third disc's awesomeness. Yeah, despite the dryness, that is a great album. Yeah. I mean, I've yeah, I've listened to that thing you know a, a bajillion times. So it's yeah. an awesome set list. Mm-hmm. Lots of lots of great songs from those guys. So this was that album was my first listening to Iced Earth. 
Uh-huh. We got from our mutual friend, I think uh, Chris Sure, I think okay. might have gave me a copy of that. And uh, I actually I, heard a, a iced her song. It was on some radio station I was working at the time for the county or whatever, and driving in and uh, to this destination. I was like, "Who the hell is this?" I couldn't believe it was on the radio number one. And then they said who it was. And I'm like, "Oh, I got to check this out." And yeah, I, this might have been my this might have been my first album I got from them too. So yeah, great album. Yeah, love some iced earth. All right, Dreadbull number three. Okay, well, what would a, a live uh, list be without some Slayer? Got to go with some decade of aggression. Oh, I we almost picked Slayer. that. Yeah, I never, I never thought I was afraid you were gonna. I was afraid you were gonna go with this, and then we'd have a, we'd be doubled up here. So, I'm just but, glad uh, I'm sitting down. <clears throat> oh, this is very excited. Great right album. This is, yeah. Uh, yeah. Released in 91. Uh, this was recorded actually in three different places. Kind of all put together. Um, this is almost a greatest hits album of Slayer uh, up to that point. It's two, a double disc set, 21 tracks. Um, it's got everything. I mean, this is, you know, you'll stank face your way through this entire 21 songs. I mean, it's Slayer. It's tight. These guys sound great. It's everything you would want. Uh, I guess uh, this is a little dry too it's not quite as as crackly dry as iced earth but there um there's a definite uh, a little drier than i i would personally like a live album to be yeah you hear uh, the the crowd noise a little bit like when tom's introducing dead skin mask exactly a little bit you know and then you hear it in the very beginning of the album right when they're getting ready you know mm-hmm. hello waits is, is reaching a crescendo yeah you hear someone like scream right before it begins yeah. you know i'm like ah yeah, like or the beginning of like South of Heaven. Mm-hmm. That that intro has a really nice feel to it. It's a little echoey, you know, and you can hear the crowd. But the moment that first drum beat hits, it just goes dry. It's yeah. dry. It, it's just desert dry. It's like weird. It, it almost sounds like they cut in a studio version right there. It, it's it's such a. Stark, well, I think they play the, the beginning is the studio. The guitar intro is like the studio click oh so they're just kind of playing it over they play like, that over I the pa you. and then they come in live that's right. probably why it's such like, a stark yes uh a transition right because yeah. you hear the drums on and then it comes in back in lombardo's fiercest drumming yeah yeah you know despite that it is so freaking good man it's a great it's a great well chop top and i saw them on that tour uh it was on the um the uh clash, clash of the titans mm. and and that first disc on that album is the is their set that's what they nice. played on the yeah. clash of the titans mm-hmm. and I, I had known a few slayer songs like angel of death maybe one or two other ones but i was unprepared <laughs> for slayer um and they were the they were the headliners you know it was yeah. it was alice in chains and anthrax megadeth and slayer which is exactly how i wanted the set night to go and they bring in like hello waits and i'm like i had no idea what the hell he was singing i just was like oh my god i'm just being just pummeled Ah!" you know screaming and our necks were sore pounding and i'm like i i I, you can't describe hard to describe with words the intensity of a slayer show just glad i'm not down the pit where you see bodies like flying (laughs) you know i'm being bloodied and bludgeoned and when we saw them at nautica they were being dragged out i saw one guy got pummeled with an elbow to his face and he just got dragged out i mean the ferocity of a, of a slayer pit is unmatched and um 
Yeah, man. Yeah, and unlike many bands, uh, Slayer, when I get in the, in the mood for Slayer, I'll go to this album, you know, uh, before most of their studio stuff, like, because mm-hmm. this is such a nice uh, cross-section of, of all their mm-hmm of all their good stuff so mm-hmm. you know, yeah, great and funny album. memory with that we had uh me and montag around spring break it was just for a weekend over in uh marblehead and we were driving everybody nuts because we listened to this ad nauseum oh, that was <laughs> down at um that was down at uh it wasn't finley it was a cabin oh uh mohican mohican right for that yeah, we had a cabin. right that's when we like that's when we first met yeah. It's spring break, nineteen. I want to say ninety one. March yeah. ninety one. You guys and, bonded over Slayer, Slayer and Ozzy, yeah, right? And nice. Sam Kennison. Nice. <laughs> like, hey man, I'm Joe. Hey, I'm. Hey, you like Slayer? Yeah, I love Slayer. Oh, he's kind of right yeah. from there. Man. It was love at first sight. Was, you know? Wow. Yeah, wow. yeah. that started so, making out. <laughs> well, yeah. Sure. Um, got to. I mean, I mean, yeah, we were uh, taunting I the Amish. exactly yeah we were down at uh because i mean joe and i i mean we're 10 minutes and i know each other like halfway down to mohican we stop at mcdonald's and we're just like there's amish people there of course you know we're being we're being idiots and like talking about like hey ask and go go ask them when the rake fight is you know or take a picture and steal their soul you know watching, watching the horses out there take a shit we're trying to eat our cheeseburger we're laughing our asses i know it's like we're completely juvenile i mean my god you know uh yeah oh no we had a, we had the best of time that weekend it was like um yeah we got that's a whole other episode the stories of of spring break uh, yeah that's good stuff Topping the amish mm-hmm. great boy yeah. that's that's not bad karma at all <laughs> Montag, you're number three. My number three, um, Motorhead, twenty five and alive, alive at Brixton Academy from two thousand three. Yeah, Motorhead is a live band. I mean, Very I like true. their studio albums, but they are a live band. That's how they should be experienced. This recording showcases their raw rock power, and you've got a great set of classic hits as well as newer tracks. I mean, they open with Me or Motorhead, um, I'm So Bad, Baby, I Don't Care, Civil War, Metropolis, Chase is Better Than the Catch, Stay Out of Jail, Sacrifice, uh, Orgasmatron, Iron Fist, Killed by Death, Ace of Spades, Overkill. Um, just such an amazing set. And Lemmy's real dry humor comes through nicely. <laughs> and um, I mean, you know, I, I have, I love listening to Motorhead's live stuff. I prefer listening to their live. I've got every, you know, a, a bunch of live recordings, uh, some official, some not so official, but I still love hearing them live because they, they are much better live. There's just a freedom to their music that comes yeah. through. And on this album, particularly, it's a long set, like an hour and 40, 45 for them. It's long uh it covers such a great set list and i mean just a great sounding band it's hard to quantify exactly what makes motorhead so great you know like they are, they are motorhead really... and they play rock and roll well, yeah. what do you need to know <laughs> <laughs> and this album it begins with like we are motorhead we are gonna clean your clock <laughs> and, then and maybe that's why it is it's just so simple so simply yeah. like straightforward you know what you're gonna get yep no you know, thrill. and they just do it in a no pretension. Yeah. Let me walk yeah. the fucking rock lifestyle. I mean, right. he was just like all balls. Yeah, you know, no censorship. All middle fingers. Mm. You know, it's like he, yeah, he was just a rock star's rock star. Like your 
favorite rock star wanted to be Lemmy fucking kill mister mm-hmm. you know and i think that's what it was he was just had that bravado and yeah. just brought it out no matter everything they did was just and he was the first to say they were not a metal band they're a rock band you know mm-hmm. blues right. based rock band but they are the heaviest fucking rock band i think on this planet <laughs> ever produced yeah. you know yeah yeah motorhead is just you get them or you don't i mean in this album yes. if you've never listened to motorhead uh they're a band that very much like acdc you know they they have a sound that they're really good at Mm -hmm. and if you like that sound you're going to pretty much like everything they do and um and this is a great way to introduce them i mean they're just that's a tongue-in-cheek humor yeah you know and just for a trio a three-piece phenomenal Mm -hmm. you know yeah so there's my number three, Motorhead 25 to Live. Do either of you have that album? Do not. No, I don't either, actually. I need to have it. Yes. <laughs> we'll talk to my people. Okay. Okay. Sure will. More, more, put that on the list of uh, yeah. people to talk to. Things to right. Nope. People talking and Amish yeah. taunting. <laughs> All right. Hey, okay, chop number two. Nice. <clears throat> number two is uh, Overkill. Live in Oberhausen, Germany. Oh, Overkill would make this list. That is one I don't know. Yeah, this is a very nice set. That's a great what cover. What they do is it's on the anniversary of a you know, respected anniversary of Horoscope, like 25 years, and also Feel the Fire, their debut, like 35 years or, so, or 30 years. So it has both full albums on each side. Of course, you know, they, after uh, they get done with Feel the Fire, is a second set. They, they conclude with Fuck You, which they always do in every show. Great song. But it's also got an additional Blu-ray. The third disc is a Blu-ray of both shows in Germany. And it is oh, really, nice. I highly recommend it. It's very nice packaging. Uh, obviously, you know, the, you know the songs, you know the albums. And uh, yeah, the inlays are real nice. I mean, you got different, you know, photos and stuff like that. Shots of why they're on stage in Germany. You make me regret that I've kind of transitioned to a, a digital uh, library of music, you know? Yeah. Like, you see, the all these... is not always it's pretty awesome. financially the best thing, but you know what? <laughs> it is uh, definitely, uh, it, it, when you have a package like this. Yeah, you know, that's pretty this cool. Was like, this was like 1999, 20 bucks. And you get a Blu-ray in there both day and you get the two live. I mean, that's, that's a deal. With yeah. the booklet, there's a booklet too. So, yeah, but I recommend it crowds. Uh, you know, Germany's been known, especially they're, they're one of the, uh, they got a group of a fan base over there for Overkill called the Skull Crushers, and they're huge. They're huge for uh, Overkill and stuff. And so they're really in there to representing, obviously, at this show. And uh, yeah, if you like both those albums, you'll, you'll definitely like this. And it's a good place to start to you get to hear, you know, two for one, basically. So it's my nice. number two. Very nice. Very I would nice. guess you'd have some Overkill in there at some point. I mean, what a great live yeah, band, but, too. That's why they're right. Overkill is a lot. I was going to bring them up when we were talking about Meg, or, uh, uh, Motorhead. Like, Overkill is another band that it's kind of like Motorhead. They're like this working man's just, they just put everything into their live performances. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Motorhead's live performances are, are uh, Overkill. Both are just so, they're raw. They just, they just pour everything they've got into it. Mm-hmm. So high energy. Give, give you the best yeah. show they can possibly give you every yeah. time. The, over, you know, when, the next time we do our um, overhead, you Rodney said. Dangerfield overhead. I love overhead. <laughs> overhead. <laughs> it's the best of both Motorhead and Overkill. 
We are overhead. <laughs> We're gonna play some Charlie. <laughs> um, yeah, we yeah. do our Rodney Dangerfield. I think that's what you're saying, Monte. They are definitely on my list. Right. I think yeah. they're they're a band that is way better than what they get, especially in the states. I'm mm-hmm. sure they get, you know, and then they 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 do well for themselves, but. I, they're a band. They should be in the A list. I think they're they're definitely should be right up there with, you know, the big four. They're they're that good, you know. Just like Testament, got to be right up there, you know. Yeah. Personally, uh, I've always thought there should be an elite eight of thrash, not just the big four. You got to have Testament in there. You got to have Overkill. You got to have Death Angel. And for me, Exodus. You three, four other four other bands you throw in there. I think why not have an elite eight? That would have been a hell of a show to see eight bands in a big, you know, made two day fest or something. So. Oof, yeah, you'd need a couple of days for all that. Yeah. Sponsored by Gatorade, man. You're going to fucking yeah. look like a raisin when you're done with that <laughs> one. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Dread, you're number two. Two for me. I am going with Metallica SM. Hmm. I love, love, love this album. So, yeah, this was recorded back in uh, April of. Uh, tw- oh, I don't have the. I don't have the year when was oh this god you 98? suck so bad yeah you something? might be right <laughs> hold on hold on ask gonna, the savant i'm gonna <laughs> let's see if he was right 99 <laughs> damn you were close yeah november of 99 trump this if vic were here he would know yeah but uh yeah this was recorded along with the san francisco symphony at the berkeley community theater in california uh double album 21 songs um, for Metallica's entire library, it spans their whole library, except for Kill 'Em All. I don't think there's a single song from Kill 'Em All in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, this was at a time where like a lot of metal bands were doing these collaborations with classical orchestras. Mm-hmm. Uh, was kind of hit and miss to varying degrees of success with that. That's Some right. bands match up pretty good with with classical, you know, with orchestras, and some don't. Uh, oddly enough, I think. Um, uh, well, this one obviously was a good matchup. I think, uh, dream theater did one called score. This is a three disc set Yeah, with a classical. And I honestly didn't think that worked well. I didn't and I, I think it was, it, it is, was like gilding the Lily for me. It was like yeah. too much. You didn't need it. Right. Yeah, it was overkill. And Definitely. I think that's what it is. Like their dream theater is already so busy. There's so much going on in their music. There's no space to start adding a bunch of classical instruments and I just think it kind of muddied it or it, mm-hmm. or the classical elements got buried in, in the whole mix, you know, but uh, Metallica is the kind of band that there's room there. Like there's room to embellish with some classical uh, stuff and uh, it sounds so good. So it's, you know, in a smaller venue, um, a great set list and they picked some songs that really worked well with this. And um, I just love this album. This is, I return to this album more than almost any other live album. Uh, I I just, I get in the mood for this thing. So I I throw this on all the time. Um, So yeah, it's, it's hard to pick some highlights from here. You know, it opens with like um, uh, ecstasy of gold. um, And then call of Cthulhu is, is amazing (laughs) with a, with a, classical uh, master puppets of wolf and man thing that should not be it just on and on like it, it's all really i can hear nothing else matters i've never listened to this record 
Oh, you should definitely get it. You know, because I think I hit Metallica fatigue a long time ago, and it's never really quite recovered. So this is the one thing that that gets me out of the Metallica fatigue because it's it's different enough and it makes Mm -hmm. them interesting to me again. Okay, you know, yeah, Uh, I'm willing to give it a try. Yeah, give give it a listen. And actually, there's a there's a second one that came out in 2020. I want to say, but I haven't really listened to that one. So uh, I'm actually looking forward to uh, to digging into that and seeing seeing what that one's. I saw Metallica on Carpool Karaoke the other day with Billy Eichner, so that was pretty good. Yeah, just listen Uh, to the first three tracks. Throw it on there: Exeter Gold, uh, Call of Cthulhu, and Master Puppets, and uh, you'll 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 keep going at that point. Jordan, I think it's probably one of your favorites too because you have such a, a uh, love affinity for symphonic metal, you know, so that probably captures yeah. you in there too with the, you no, know, you're right. Stuff. So I think that that really makes it a favorite for you, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you're definitely right. I, mm-hmm. I, I should have brought that up. So I'm glad you did. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I reached out to a, a Finnish symphonic metal band. Um, I forget their name offhand, but I've reached out to them. I see them on YouTube all the time or uh, Facebook, their commercials for their new album. And, um, I, I reached out to them to see if I can get them on the on the show because I know how much you like their metal. They're very much like Nightwish and those kinds of those kinds of this? bands. Do you remember the name? No. Okay. I don't. Um, yeah, Nightwish, uh, Epica. I love love. Yeah, it's that you know female lead singer. Yeah. Oh, um, nice. Very technical. Um, you know, metal band. Uh, kind of that that sound. They're they're from Finland. And I'm, I'll I'll pull up here in a second. I can always cut this out. Oh, I did it through their um. Did I save it? No, I uh, must have not saved it. Oh well. Yeah, in fact, I should try to reach out to. Uh, it would probably be really hard to get somebody from Nightwish. They're they're really huge in uh, in Europe, especially. So, but Epica, maybe I could maybe I'd love to get their guitarist. He does most of their writing, and he would be really interesting to talk to because his his subject matter is deep, man. I mean, he really, he, you know, anything from uh, quantum physics to you know, I mean, he goes real deep in his in his lyrical content. So he'd be very interesting to talk to. Nice. Well, speaking of deep lyrical content. And double live albums. Great segue. My number two, Kiss Alive 2. <laughs> you knew it was coming. I knew it. You knew it was coming. Oh, I've been ready for this. Yes. Deep. Love Gun Deep. Uh, this was my first Kiss album. I had heard Kiss, you know, because, you know, during the wintertime when we weren't going out, kids would bring records and we would listen to them during like lunch. After lunch hour, we would play for half an hour and I'd listen to <laughs> Destroyer and Love Gun and these things. And so I'm like, I wanted a Kiss album. Um, and this was the album that I got. And it's a double live album. It comes with tattoos. It came with tattoos. <laughs> I remember wearing all the tattoos on my arms. Like, the whole, I wasn't milking around. I'm like, I'm wearing them all. That's hilarious. I, got, I remember I remember I'd get to you know class. My teacher's like, what's that? With this, like, look on her face. I go, it's Kiss. <laughs> No, I was like in fifth grade, I think, 1977, when this album comes out. Um, so, yeah, it lasted for like a week. You know, now those things are are money, good money if you can find some Kiss tattoos. Uh, but this, you know, Kiss was the first band that I really got into. Um, you know, in this album, 
captures the energy of an early Kiss era show, but it was a little more friendly to my ears than their first harder album, Kiss Alive. That was their like from their first three albums, which are arguably the best music they've done. But by the time like Destroyer and Love Gun, a Rock and Roll Over and Love Gun come out, Kiss is doing a little more pop metal. Um, and this Kiss Alive 2 kind of covers that era of Kiss, the second three albums. So you get Detroit Rock City, Ladies Room, Making Love, um, Love Gun, Dr. Love. You know, see a lot of love themes here. Deep love there, uh, Dreadful. Uh, Christine 16, <laughs> I Stole Your Love, God of really Thunder. provoking. Yeah. So, and my friends and I would listen to this record and we would pretend that we were Kiss and we would like pantomime it out to get like playing, like singing, like, yeah. We were all in their living room, like, yeah. Sticking your tongues out at each other. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'd all take turns, like, okay, who's got the cool soul? Okay, you want to be, okay. Everyone was competitive. They all want to be Gene Simmons. Like, no one wanted to be Peter Chris. Um, Even Peter Chris didn't want to be Peter Chris. And, uh, so we we all did that. We play acted the, the concert, you know, and in fifth grade, fifth grade, on the last day of school, a couple friends and I got together and we, we petitioned the school and said, we want to put on a KISS concert for the school. And uh, so the principal says, well, how long do you need? Now, we had no idea about time. We just, we wanted to perform the entire KISS Alive 2 album. We thought, oh, two hours. Two hours. <laughs> and he's like, Prince was like, I'll give you 15 minutes. Like, okay. <laughs> and so we had bought like the night before we went to the store. And I, now I couldn't find like clown makeup, you know, or, you know, so I bought like the mascara, you know, like the, you know, my dad took me to the store. I'm trying to find like the white and the, like the dark makeup. And then I remember coming here. And then for the guy who played Ace, his name was Eric. Um, we went to the art room. We got some silver paint, tempera paint. And we painted, we had people doing our makeup. We did it, you know, he painted paint on his face. He looked awesome with the silver. And I was Gene Simmons, of course, but I didn't like, you know, couldn't get a costume. I was wearing my nice rainbow stripe shirt and probably bright blue pants. (laughs) I had my acoustic guitar. (laughs) But for 15 minutes, we got up on the stage and they had a school assembly, like the entire fifth grade class. I can't believe we agreed to this. Got down to the school, got down to the gymnasium they all sat there and we we played like four songs like the first side of kiss alive Two, with the detroit rock city and king of the nighttime world and ladies room and all this like that and um i, I wasn't allowed to spit blood but i did stick my tongue out an awful lot but now we were being Pleasure led belly. down to the where kiss was we didn't want anyone to see us in our makeup like there was that mystique about kiss like no one could see us so we had people like you know putting towels up over us so they couldn't tell who it was <laughs> being led down to the stage now by this time enough time had passed to where eric because he had temper paint on his face he was oh, getting no. really high from the fumes oh. so he was like he was like walking around on stage like ace like almost falling down I'm like i'm looking over I'm like wow man eric's doing such a good job yeah he's really really Yes, really not knowing he was like to fucking high out of his mind. And then he, like, after the show was over, he, like, passed out. Oh he had to be taken God. to the nurse's station oh my God. where they, like, took off the paint. It was the paint fumes. Got him sick. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised and, uh, he didn't have a rash on his face or, like, uh, Yeah, it was awesome. Face. And so I'm like, and after the show, Great. I remember some kid came Great up show. and asked for my autograph. So I got to sign it. It's like Gene Simmons, you know? That's what happened to you. It You've did. never been the same since. I've never been the same. You've been chasing that high the rest of your life. I know. All I need is temper paint. <laughs> and on the way home. This is where your megalomania came from. 
I make no bones about it. <laughs> Until the belly slapping incident, I was a fan. <laughs> it was a good 35 oh, what a, year. What a kiss journey face. you've been on. <laughs> I know. I mean, I wrote a song for the Escape Little Pigs. I want to be just like Gene Simmons. I would spit blood and stick out my tongue. Come on. Context uh, history. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kistery. Yeah, and I didn't wash my face. I wanted to wear the makeup all the way yeah. home. So I walked yeah. home with the makeup on my face, going, "Yeah, nice, fucking yeah, awesome." How look how cool my cars face. going by, like, yeah, check like, that dude out. He's so cool, man. Uh, exactly. That's wow. the stuff that you think when you're like famous, ten years old. You know, yeah, totally. I looked awesome with my acoustic guitar, and you know, clowns never laughed before. <laughs> and walk, uh, walk in your house and go. Get up and get the <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, get the oh. door in. I was like feeling like so good. Mom, I'm home. I'm the rock star. Like, yes, <laughs> I've made it. Yes, I am a rock star. <laughs> and that's uh, that's where it began. So, oh man. So, uh, wow. you know, Kiss Alive too still has a soft spot in my heart because it's hard not to remember that day in fifth grade. But um, you know, I think Kiss Alive Three is a better album. But Kiss Alive 2 is always going to capture that when Kiss Mania ruled the world. I mean, there's no, I mean, Kiss was just everywhere. It was just that one day when you were famous. That's right. (sighs) That's more days than than you have. So, hey, I think that. (laughs) Well, you got a point there. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, 10 and done. That's the story of my life. (laughs) One brief shining moment. (laughs) Peak to 10. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, So, there, there, there you have another great story. You did not. I don't think you knew that I've, story. I've never me. heard that full, proper story. Yeah, that was yeah. awesome, man. Yeah, that was yeah. good. So there's my number two. Wow. Oh, man. <laughs> now we've got it recorded forever. Yeah. This would be a great It episode. says a lot. It really, it, it, a lot. Now, took, now you understand me. There. Now things make sense. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but things make a little <laughs> more sense. <laughs> All right. So now we're down to number one. Shock Top, our number one live album. All right, number one live album for this segment, I'm choosing Halford's Live Insurrection. Ooh. Rock and Rio, he did this, and this was his uh, resurrection tour. It is just loaded with everything you, you can imagine from Priest stuff to the Resurrection album to his fight stuff as well. And there's three extra studio tracks at the end of the, the live thing. It's a two-disc set. Uh, one's called Screaming in the Dark, which is ferocious. Heart of a Lion, and then Prisoner of Your Eyes is almost kind of like a ballad kind of thing. But this is just, you talk about crowds. You know, I don't have to tell you. We, we're definitely in the future going to be talking about other live albums, you know, that uh, in Rio recording. That, those crowds are just ferocious. Production's fantastic. This band, he had this lineup in his solo days. This is the best lineup he could have created in this. Um, top, top-notch musicianship all across the board. And like I said, the song, the, the track listing is just, it's killer. So if you haven't listened to it, get a chance and check it out. What year is that one? This was around, I want to say, let me see, Resurrection came out in 2000. So it had to be like 2001. Okay. So, wow. A lot older than that. It should say on the back of the disc. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't have my. That's small print. Oh, you don't have glasses. Okay. (laughs) Where where is my old man? (laughs) Where's my my spectacles? I get it. I understand. Yeah. 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 But yeah, guys, uh, I recommend to our viewers, anybody who's just curious about Priest, Halford Solo stuff, that's a great, great starting point right there. Live Instruction. Nice. Yeah, I have not listened to that album. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, surprise, surprise. I, I'm going to kick a hazard, a guess, that I think I know your number one live album here, Dreadbull. Mm-hmm. Oh, could, there, could it, only, there could be only one. I, I mean, this is yes. it. This is the, the live I, album to end all live albums. I, I think I'm with you there. Yeah. I'm getting yeah. Feeling. You got to go Maiden. You got to mm-hmm. go Live After Death. I mm-hmm. mean, what, what else is there? Uh, and yeah, for me, so this is both uh, the live album, the album itself, the production and everything, but the there's nostalgia here so this was my this was the beginning of my metal journey uh thanks to you montag this is where i got introduced to real metal this is where i lost my soul really with your virginity i popped your cherry that too yeah you lost your lost your interest in millie vanilli huh (laughs) moved on from michael jackson moving on up yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so this was when you you discovered maiden montag and you started listening to them and it was a little scary for me and a little heavy you know and the satanic panic was in full force so you know all this metal stuff was kind of scary and uh, you know iron maiden was dead center and all that with their number the beast and all that stuff so yeah this was like i don't know it was kind of scary but uh you kept listening to it and then you started talking about these the subject matter i'm like what you know a song about That's weird. So yeah, I stop. That... So oh, let's oh. go back to it. Yeah, it froze up. Must have froze up or something. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, so I thought you were just enraptured by my story. No, no, no. <laughs> God, no. Um, let's go back to something about subject matter and then whatever you said. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you uh, uh, the uh, the fear of uh, of these kind of bands for me at the time, you know. Uh, but but you were listening to them. You were really starting to get into Maiden. And uh, yeah, you started telling me about the uh, the subject matter, the stories, and the the these songs about mythology and history, and uh, and like wow, it, it kind of blew me away. Like I didn't know they're not talking about you know worshiping Satan or killing people. So this was kind of a revelation in itself. Like okay, so I, uh, I think you made probably made me a copy of this album, and I would just kind of like fast forward through the solos and stuff, and I would just listen to the lyrics that's what really drew me in like that's really interesting flight of icarus you know power slave like this is cool you know and uh yeah so slowly like the the music itself started to grab me and i listened to this tape i had just a little one of those little portable cassette decks i would put that on my nightstand every night and put this album on and i would fall asleep to this album every night and i listened to this till i wore it out i mean wore the cassette tape completely out but uh now this so beyond all that the the production quality to me is the perfect live sound they have the perfect like every instrument is pristine pristine along with this the great live the great crowd noise and uh, (laughs) that live ambience you know a little bit echoey you feel like you're in a really big arena which was this was at long beach obviously and Mm -hmm. uh yeah, just the best mix, man. I can just, I can still just turn this on. It's like you're there, crank it all the way up, and it just, you're fully immersed in the, a live experience from Iron Maiden. You know, One of the we best doing our, our, our live of all time. This is this is my all time favorite live. Yeah. Album. So, mm-hmm. so if this was a top five, this would have been my number one, beyond anything else. Yeah, mine too. And there's still so much nostalgia. I'll choose for another segment where I'll discuss my nostalgia and what it means to me on that. So, but. 
Cool. Yeah, it uh, agree with everything you say. I know I wore the hell out of my first cassette. I had to go buy another cassette of it. Uh, <laughs> just stare at that artwork and just. Oh God. Then, then me and a buddy used to sit down and just try to draw Eddie off of that, mm -hmm. so you could do the better Eddie, you know, and stuff. Just while we're listening to it, so. Yeah, like everything you said, that nostalgia and just you can't get enough of it. So yeah, it was the whole package. And eventually I did get the album, you know, I started collecting the maiden albums and this this album opened it up, those the liners and the and the the uh booklet that came with it and all the pictures and everything. And I mean back then we didn't have the internet to grab to see all this stuff. So you you only got it in these little bits, you know, yeah. some live photos of of maiden and uh and then you know eventually we we get a VHS and we got the VHS of this and wore that thing out. I remember yes. us, our parents would get together and play mm -hmm. cards and we would just sit there and watch Maiden <laughs> yep. line after death over and over and over. Mm -hmm. Catch our dads watching, you know, they'd be in there yeah, in the dining room and they, they were always peeking in there to, to watch Maiden along yeah. with them. Maiden's attraction knows Even though bounce. they'd be like, what is that noise? What's all right? That? They, what, we'd catch them doing? watching. Oh, oh, hey, we can't watch that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when I bust my dad watching Motley Crue. Looks like exactly. kill. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, uh, I like that name, Motley Crue. <laughs> like, I know why like you're you caught him watching porn. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're watching that, yeah, you're watching that girl in that cat suit crawl around. Right. I know what you're exactly. watching, Dad. You know what part he's looking it's at. It's all right. I got some Kleenex for you. Don't worry. <laughs> exactly. No, I, so, yeah, it was made and it was the whole package, man. Mm -hmm. Just Yeah. Uh, obviously, this is my number one pick as well. Um, this embodies all the power that is made. It's a mm -hmm. double album, you know, with the gorgeous booklet with all the photos and like the, the tour schedule. Yes. The list of all their equipment. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like a larger than life presentation of a larger than life band that we caught early on in, in their career. Mm -hmm. You know, that one that they're ferocious best. I and mean, then the amazing set list. I mean, mm -hmm. and like you said, every, oh, I know they talked about the making of this. They went, and recorded over four nights at Long Beach and then a few nights, I think, in, in England or Germany, somewhere else. Um, and they, they rented special microphones for this show to record this show. Normally, normally not the microphones they would normally use because every, these microphones were a lot more sensitive because mm -hmm. they wanted to hear everything. You could hear every little ping on Nico's power ride, ting, 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 yeah. like on Aces High. Absolutely. It would just cut right through everything. So the mix is phenomenal. Then you had a stereo with some kind of like, like, like a expander or something that a it was the EQ button. that I had with my yeah. stereo. And it you push know. you push the button and it like it, it made it even better. I'm like, oh my god, as if it couldn't sound any better. It did. It just it did sounded something. more live even. Yeah. It did, right. And we're like, and we spent the summer of eighty-five <laughs> listening to this album mm. over and over again while we were doing D D. And yeah. playing D and D, planning D and D, working on D and D, hanging out. I mean, out. could life ever get better than that? Like no. that's like kind of like the cynical of life, right? We weren't, didn't have Summer to work. Vacation done with school, at least yeah. I was. No responsibilities yet. Playing yeah. D and D, listening to Iron Maiden, and jerking off as much as you want. What yeah. <laughs> more could you ask for? You know, right? Uh, right. And I remember watching this with my mom because MTV would show it, uh, and. Mm -hmm. I told her that I was going to have long hair like Steve Harris. And she's like, no, you are not. She would say, I'm like, nope. I, yeah, I'm going to right down to my ass mother. Uh, and like I kind of did. I mean, I did. I grew it up. Yeah, really long, you you know? long ass hair. I did. Yeah. It was down to the small of my uh, butt crack. Uh, and then um, she just laughed. And I, I remember watching number of the beast and I would, I would 
purposely try to start talking over the course. Every time they got ready to sing the course, I would start talking yeah. to her like this because I knew <laughs> I don't she hear heard this. if she heard six six six. Yeah, yeah. We started thinking, oh, they're they're worshiping Satan. Oh, Let's yeah. go back to church and going to mm-hmm. baptize you again. Burn them, burn um, these albums. Burn them. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, this, this is the soundtrack of our lives, Dreadbull. I mean, honestly. This oh my is, God! Yeah, this was the sentimental value the nostalgia is is perfect but the album just stands up it is still i don't yeah. think i've heard a better version of rhyme of the ancient manor than on this one that solo breaks in it almost makes you want to weep that first note of that solo uh-huh. adrian smith comes in i'm like oh. i agree it's just it's just perfect um and i like having both versions we have this do the album version and then the video version which are different concerts different versions mm-hmm. slightly different recordings so it was nice to hear Hear different versions of it and it, yeah. it was the first time we got to hear a great bruce rant especially on the video yeah. <laughs> right you know? mm-hmm. less so on the on the album but then we realized oh bruce is funny he's oh he's he's got it and now you know what's we... funny like even when we started getting into maiden like i said i had this kind of like this fear at all these pre- preconceived notions of of what you know this kind of metal was and uh I remember like when we started learning who this band was and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, well, I, now, now I know who the, this Steve Harris, you know, on bass and Dave Murray. And I'm like, those are just regular names. Like what? I, I thought, you know, this is going to be like Satan's nutsack and Beelzebub <laughs> over here. Like I thought it was going to be these whacked out, like satanic names and everything. It's just like, that's just their normal names. Yeah. Dave Murray. That's not scary. It was all so weird to me. And like, it kind of blew my mind. Like this was not what I was expecting. None of this you know, was what the narrative had built up in my brain, like what this was all about. It was nothing like that, you know? And it was just such a revelation to slowly, like those walls got broken down. Like, okay, I, I start, I realize what this is now. It's just a bunch of dudes making music and right. writing interesting lyrics, you know? Right. They don't have to be evil. And like when you see yeah. the, when you watch the video of the 12 wasted years or whatever it is, and you see like Steve, you finally hear him speak. And yeah. he's up at the bar and asks for a pint, like how quiet, yeah. how yeah. smoking he is. I'm like, right. what? Because <laughs> yeah. when you see him play, he's like, ah, you know, lip syncing uh-huh. it. And he's just like, ah, he's in there. You know, and the same thing with like Dave Murray, he's just so quiet. Yeah. Nico and Nico and Bruce are like, I mean, Bruce has to be the, the great front man. I mean, he just carries it, the personality oh, of the yeah. band. And Nico is just a he's just crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean yeah, he's like a goofy uncle, you know. Yeah, Nico. right, exactly. He's the fun one. Yeah, but to hear Steve Harris, and then talk very humbly about their music and just quietly, you know, it was just such a like we were just like, wow, this is them. Yeah, not at all what we were expecting. We grew up in the area, and this is like the MTV era, like videos like Van Halen out there, you know, Motley Crue partying hard, you know, excess drugs, girls, and right, yeah. And we're thinking every band is like that. Because that was big hair metal, and you see these guys like, no, we're just having a pint at the pub and just talking, I'm like oh, playing some soccer, you know, right? Football. Yeah, a little low key. You know, there's Bruce doing some fencing, right? Oh, yeah. Like, this is, yeah, this is huh. not what Satanists are do- supposed to be doing. Yeah, like, Satan on the soccer field, huh? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it, yeah, it was just so. It was such a weird <laughs> revelation, you know. As as I went along and learned more about him, like, okay, this is not a, a, anything what I expected this stuff to be this yeah. is definitely the most reached for live album ever for me too i mean i just you never get sick and tired of it either you can go back to any day <laughs> for sure anytime yeah yeah i could have easily done three albums on this list could have been maiden 
right. I got I got to dole it out. Yeah, save them. Right. You know, um, I th I think you both know what number two was for me, but we'll save that for the next time because mm -hmm. that will definitely be on my list. Cool. Yeah, um, I got to definitely put this on my list in the next time. And yes, you know, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, it, you know, because uh, but you know, it's nice to introduce and get all these other live ideas. I've mentioned some for you guys you never even heard of or listened to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Brought me some ideas, so it's like, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Great segment. Yes, yeah, it's good. I enjoyed it. Um, me too. A lot of live music out there. <laughs> so, kiddies, if uh, hopefully you know if you've heard these albums, uh, great. If, if if you have some suggestions for live records, direct them toward the savant. He knows. So, <laughs> and he'll buy everything because you know. Yeah, he'll buy anything. I know because he's a whore. Um, so <laughs> a hoarder. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you can't get hoarder without the word whore. <laughs> I'm just a durr. <laughs> All right, are I'm we done whore, here? Durr. Are we yeah, are we done here? We're done here. We're done, but Good. We're, All right. We're, we're hey, evolving. you can find uh, Heavy Metal Horror at unsaneradio.com. Yeah, we've been done for a long time. <laughs> Listen to full episodes or download to your device. You can find us on Facebook, Heavy Metal Horror Podcast. On Instagram, look for Montag Lewis, one word. Our YouTube page, Heavy Metal Horror Podcast. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button if you're watching. That's where you're at. And we're also on Roku, Hotel Metal Jam. If you know someone who'd like our show, tell them about us. This has been Montag, Master of Illusion. And Chop Top. And Dread Bull. And you've been watching and listening to Heavy Metal, Metal. Harder. <laughs> this is Doug Helbring, and you have been listening to Heavy Metal Horror, the best podcast that you've never heard before. <laughs>